Thank you for joining me once again in our study in Philippians. A little recap of the letter to the Philippians so far. Uh, Paul is in prison and he's unable to travel to Philippi to see his friends there. Uh, This lockdown does not stop him keeping in touch though. And even though he is in prison, he has found joy. And the whole letter is about joy. And today we find joy as we serve. In chapter 1, we saw how to have joy in suffering. And in chapter 2, it is joy when we serve, even when you're not able to go anywhere. Paul finds joy. Paul is joyful about the Philippians because he's heard about them through Epaphroditus who has come to visit him and will hear about Epaphroditus in part 5 of the study this week in chapter 2. Today we're going to look at verses 1 to 4. So why not pause and read them and perhaps read all of chapter 2 so that you can see where we're going this week. So let's find joy as we serve with Christ today. Paul asks in verse 2 that his joy would be made complete. That's his desire as he writes this letter. That the very things that he's talking to the Philippian Christians about would fill him full of joy and that they would find joy in as well. If the Philippian Christians would join him in serving with Jesus Christ, then this is how they can be joyful together. And look at the words that Paul uses here. He talks about encouragement. He talks about comfort. He talks about fellowship. He talks about tenderness and compassion. All things that we need to have whenever we are in this lockdown at this time. And the encouragement comes from being united with Christ. That whenever we're in Christ, then together with other believers, we can be encouraged through that experience. We find the comfort from the love of Christ. And we find fellowship through the Holy Spirit. And in all these ways, these are the things that will bring us joy in our lives. Life at the minute may not appear as though it can be very joyful. Lockdown, social distancing, self-isolating, trying not to go out, trying not to do the things that we would normally do. But we can be encouraged. We can find comfort, fellowship, tenderness, compassion through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And all these things make Paul's joy complete by being like-minded. So that in the next section, in verse 5, we'll see about having the same attitude, being like-minded with Christ. Having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. 
Now, this is a tall order. That's a lot of things that we have to think about, but it brings joy into our lives. And here is Paul. He's in a prison cell. He is locked up and we can find joy during our lockdown. But how do we do this? How do we find this joy that Paul wants us to have here? Well, Paul gives some great directions about finding joy in verses 3 and 4. He tells us that if we want to have this joy, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So whenever we're going about our actions, whenever we're going about our thought processes, none of that is to be motivated by our selfish ambition or our vain conceit. It's not to be motivated by things for ourselves, but he says, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Humility at times can be a a difficult thing to try to evaluate, to try to put into practice. And some people will uh, try to argue that humility means putting ourselves down, thinking little of ourselves, not having any self-worth. But that leads to a life that has no joy. That leads to a life that has all sorts of problems. So that's not what humility is about. As Paul himself says here, humility means that we consider others better than ourselves. We're not putting ourselves down, we're simply elevating others. We're saying that others are more important. We're not looking down upon ourselves, but we're just looking to others and placing them in a bigger position. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's okay to have your own interests, but we should also look beyond ourselves and look at the interests of others. During lockdown, it's all too easy to be focused on ourselves, what we are missing, what we want, what we need, and claiming our own uh, rights and interests. But Paul here says that if we want to know joy, then that joy should be in Jesus Christ, serving others through Jesus. So we look not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others. We don't do anything selfishly, but we have humility. And we look to others, that they would be uh, consider others better than ourselves. So take a moment to identify ways that you can serve others in Jesus Christ. Maybe you are the one who is being served at the moment and you are relying on others helping you. But that doesn't stop you then also serving with Jesus Christ. Because if you can find even a small way to serve other people, 
It will bring you joy. It will bring you the joy that Paul has found, even though he is in prison. And that joy in Jesus Christ is a lasting joy that brings us freedom and gives us a purpose in life beyond anything that the world can offer. You join us today as we come to Philippians 2 verses 5 to 8. I once heard DJ Chris Evans being interviewed about his upbeat approach to broadcasting. He's usually high energy and very positive. And he was asked how he maintains this for his breakfast show early morning after early morning. And he admitted that he often has difficulty keeping his positive attitude all day long. Sometimes at home he can become a little bit grumpy and a little bit miserable. And at such times his wife will remind him, ah, you keep your happy persona for the radio. And at that point he needs to consciously switch Switch back from being less miserable to being more positive like he is on the radio. Paul is telling us today in these verses from Philippians chapter 2 that we can have joy whenever we serve like Christ. And so as we come to these verses today, he tells us that we will have real joy whenever our attitude is the same as that of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not Paul telling us just to put on a fake attitude and pretend to be something that we are not. He's telling us here that we are choosing to approach life the way that Jesus does. To have that same attitude, to look at things the way that Jesus looks at them, to say things the way that Jesus would say them, to act like Jesus would act. So what sort of attitude does Jesus have? Well, Paul tells us in verses 6 and 7 that the attitude of Jesus is built around humility. Jesus is God, being in very nature God. And yet, at that same time, he doesn't consider that equality with God is something that he has to grasp and hold on to and put forward for everybody to see. After all, Jesus comes to this earth and he made himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a servant. He is God, but he becomes human. And therefore, he humbles himself in verse 8. But what does that sort of humility look like? Because if we're going to have the same attitude as Jesus, then we must display that humility as well. And it's not just that Jesus forgoes some of the royal trappings that should be his. It's not just that he leaves behind the throne and the royal crown for a short period while he's on earth. This humility means that Jesus is obedient. 
And he is obedient to the very extreme. He's obedient to death. But no ordinary death. He is obedient to death on a cross. Having no sin, Jesus takes our sin on himself. Imagine for a moment the most disgusting thing that you can think about. And then imagine you reaching that to another human being. You would be embarrassed. You would be ashamed. But now reach a holy, perfect God your sin. And the holy, perfect, almighty God takes that sin humbly. And it's not just that he takes it and he carries it away. He takes it to the cross. Whenever we have an attitude of humility like that of Jesus, then we will know what true joy is all about. Because Jesus is able to take the worst things imaginable and he is able to take them upon himself and live in that humility where he makes himself nothing, becomes a servant, becomes human and humbles himself. So take a moment today to consider what this attitude of Jesus would look like in your own life and then think about how you can find joy acting like that each day in all that you do. Today we come to Philippians 2 verses 9 to 11 and we're going to find today joy when we serve the exalted Christ. Sometimes whenever we think and talk about the gospel we stop short of the full picture. It's like only watching the first half of a football match or going shopping and filling the basket, but then setting it down without going through the checkout. We often concentrate on only part of the good news of the gospel. We know about our sin. We know, as last day in verse 8, that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. But then we forget about the consummation. In verse 9, Paul is reminding the Philippians of the joy that they will have at the consummation. The joy of serving an exalted Christ. This earth is temporary, but the new heaven and the new earth are eternal. At consummation, all things will be finalised. All things will be completed. Don't ever forget about the completion of God's plan of salvation in you. Jesus is to be exalted. He is to be exalted to the highest place. He comes from humility. He comes from a servant to be exalted by God and lifted high. He is to have a name that is above every name, that there is no greater name than the name of Jesus. And as he is exalted in that highest place, he is seated at the right hand of his Father. And at that name of Jesus, several things happen. Every knee will bow in heaven 
and on earth and even under the earth. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. Remember at the Great Commission where Jesus told his disciples that all authority had been placed in him and therefore they were to go out into the world with the good news. And all of this is brought to fulfilment in the consummation at the end of time. That yes, we have sinned. Yes, we are saved as our sins are forgiven on the cross. But then there will be a great exaltation of Christ, the fulfilment of all things, and we will have a new heaven and a new earth. One day, Everyone will see who Jesus is. There will be joy for those who know Jesus Christ. But there will be dread and there will be fear for those who do not know him. We have the joy of serving an exalted Christ. And in verse 11, Paul goes on to tell us that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And all of this to the glory of God the Father. Everyone on earth, everyone under earth, everyone that has ever existed will bow before Jesus Christ and confess that he is Lord and God the Father will be glorified. So take a moment today And thank God for your salvation. Thank him that you are no longer the way that you were. But also acknowledge that you are not yet what you will become at the consummation. Lament your sin and repent of it and turn to Jesus Christ. And then look forward to that day of consummation. Whenever Jesus will be exalted and all things will be made new. For many, they are content to have sins forgiven and then to stop in their spiritual life. But Paul here tells us that when we trust in Jesus Christ, it is only the beginning. And we should keep serving the exalted Christ, looking forward to that great day. When the consummation will come, all things will be fulfilled and all things will be completed. Philippians 2 verses 12 to 18. Joy when we keep serving. On a clear still night, you cannot help but be mesmerised by the stars. They seem to draw your gaze upwards as you pick out the familiar patterns and wonder at all the constellations. In this next section of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 12 to 18, Paul tells us that we will find joy when we keep serving, when we keep going on with Jesus Christ. And in verse 15, he describes that service as being like stars in the universe. His whole direction here is for us to keep serving as he has kept serving in his life. He tells us in verse 12 that we should continue to work out our salvation. And whether Paul is there or not, 
with the Philippians, they are to keep at it. They should never give up. It may be difficult. It may involve fear and trembling. But this consistency and keeping at it will bring them joy. Paul gives us a few pointers for finding this joy. In verses 14 and 15, he tells us that we shouldn't have any complaining and we shouldn't have any arguing. These things will rob us of joy. These negative things suck the life out of us. These things make us just like everyone else. You know what it's like if you have someone close to you and they are always complaining and they're always arguing. They become hard work. The relationship with them is strained because of the negativity. It's very easy to follow them. And Paul here says, be different. Don't be caught up in this endless cycle of complaining and arguing or you will have no joy. He tells us in verse 15 to be blameless and to be pure, to be children of God. Against that darkness of the world that is crooked and depraved, then our testimony will shine brightly like the stars in the universe. Now, what is that testimony that Paul is talking about here that will shine brightly for others to see? Well, he tells us that as you hold out the word of life, we're not to be ashamed of God's word. We are to hold it out. It's not just that we're to read it and we're to live our lives by it, but we're to hold it out so that others can see it like stars in the universe. The word is the answer to all the problems in the world. The word guides us in life. In fact, the word gives us life. And if Paul sees the Philippians living like this, then he can be satisfied that he has accomplished what God has called him to, that he did not run or labor for nothing. He will know the joy as he keeps serving and as the Philippians keep serving. Paul realizes that even though he is talking about joy, it doesn't always mean that things will be happy. Service at times will be tough. Circumstances may be difficult, but it's when that happens that we find true joy. We persevere, we keep going, we trust more in Christ and he fills us with joy. We then shine bright like the stars and God sticks with us. In verses 17 and 18, Paul says that he is glad and he rejoices with all of the Philippians. He tells the Philippians then that they also should be glad and rejoice with him. But look at the words that he uses before that. He talks about being poured out like a drink offering. He talks about sacrifice and service. 
all coming out of faith. These are not necessarily things that we associate with joy. But Paul says if we keep going with these things, they will lead us to joy. So take a moment today to consider the joy that you have in serving Jesus Christ. Joy that comes even when all around us is dark. How does our joy shine like a star for others to see as we are perhaps poured out, as we sacrifice, as we offer, as we serve? How does that bring joy in our lives? Finally, in Philippians 2, we find joy whenever we honour God's servants. You know what it's like. There's nothing like receiving a message from a friend, a simple text or a card or a letter or a telephone call. It just brightens up the day, cheers our hearts. We know the person and we love to hear about what they're doing. In these last 11 verses of Philippians 2, Paul's reminding us that we can have joy whenever we honour God's servants. Not only are we ourselves to serve God, but we're to take an interest in others who serve God. We're to take an interest in those who are involved in mission, whether it is local mission or indeed global mission. As we hear about what they're doing for the Lord, we'll be motivated to pray for them. Then as we pray for them, we'll be more and more interested in them. And as we're more and more interested in them, then we'll be glad and we'll rejoice whenever we hear about them. Now, I'm not going to go into detail in all of these verses today. You can take a moment or two uh, to read them for yourself, verses 19 to 29. But in those verses, Paul really is talking about two particular people. He's talking about Timothy and Epaphrodites. Timothy, first of all, from verse 19 down to verse 24, and then Epaphrodites from verse 25 to the end. And Paul wants to hear about the Philippian Christians. And the reason he wants to hear about them is so that he is cheered, so that he has joy in hearing what they're doing. And Timothy's going to be the one who's going to bring him back information. Uh, Timothy lives out all that Paul has been writing about in this particular chapter. Maybe Paul knew that he was going to end up with Timothy and so he's been leading us towards Timothy uh, through everything that we have here and the joy of serving God because Timothy is somebody who serves. So that Paul wrote in, in verses 20 and 21 about someone who's humble and somebody who puts Jesus Christ first. He says, for everyone looks out for his own interests not those of Jesus Christ. And the contrast is that Paul is looking to Timothy and Timothy is someone who doesn't look out for his own interests and only is interested in Jesus Christ. Timothy also, we're told, has served alongside Paul, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son and his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. So Timothy somebody who has come alongside Paul. He stands for the same things that Paul stands for. He works for the gospel. He serves. And so Paul has known great joy in working alongside Timothy. And now he's sending Timothy uh, to the Philippian church. So that the Philippians can have joy in hearing from Timothy. 
but then also so that Timothy can bring messages back again to Paul and so that he hears what they're doing and he then is joyful. Then in verse 25 we have Epaphroditus and Epaphroditus is actually a member of the Philippian church. They sent him as a messenger to Paul. So in other words they'd heard that Paul was in prison and they sent Epaphroditus to Paul with a message and with greetings uh, to encourage Paul. But look at the words that Paul uses here to describe Epaphroditus. He describes him as a brother. He also then goes on to say that he is a fellow worker and a fellow soldier. And then he mentions the fact that he is a messenger and that he was sent to take care of Paul's needs. These are wonderful words to describe someone. If we consider those who are serving God to be brothers and to be fellow workers and to be fellow soldiers and messengers, then we'll have a completely different attitude towards those who serve God. If we consider them to be brothers and sisters, then they are our family. And as a family, we should deeply care for them. We should want the best for them. We should do all that we can for them. If we see them as as fellow workers and fellow soldiers, that means that we are putting ourselves in the same position as them. Sometimes whenever we look to missionaries and we look to God's servants, we see them as being something different from us. But really we're the same. We're fellow. We're working alongside. We're doing our job here. They're doing their job there. We're all serving God. So being fellow workers and fellow soldiers, they're no longer just a distant name, but these people will bring us joy whenever we're connected to them in this way. We'll rejoice whenever they rejoice. We'll cry whenever they cry. We'll have joy because of them and their lives. We'll be excited whenever we receive a word from them. And so by honouring God's servants, we have joy. We honour God's servants when we take an interest in them, whenever we consider them to be our family. So at the end of Philippians chapter 2, take a moment to do two things today. First of all, find out about a missionary. Maybe you already know about a missionary, you have a connection with them already. Find out about one particular missionary. Go to our virtual prayer room and find some details there. Go to the PCI website and read the monthly prayer updates from the various PCI missionaries. So find out about a missionary and then contact that missionary and honour them. Honour them by getting in contact with them, by sending them a message of support, by telling them that you're praying for them and then actually pray for them. And rejoice and be glad that God has given you this way of being involved in his work by honouring his servants. So let's have joy today whenever we honour God's servants.